We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I did think Justin got better. I think he can lead this team. Um, but at the same time, there's a unique situation where I have to look and our staff has to look at everything. Welcome back. It's Mullen Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Marshall Harris in for Mully today. That was Ryan Poles talking about the conundrum at quarterback this offseason presents. And it's a topic of uh, hot debate. It'll go on until April, apparently, because that's when he's going to hold on to the pick until this, this year. This time around, second season in a row, second offseason in a row, the Bears have the number one overall pick. Before we get to some other stuff deeper into that issue, Marshall, just overall, what was your impression of how Ryan Poles handled himself on Wednesday? I think he handled himself uh, in the best way possible. When you look at the questions that he knew he was going to be asked, his answers made sense. Um, my, my whole thing was I wasn't sure if Matt Eberflus was going to be retained, right? Like I know a lot of people thought it, it's a given, but – I was thinking more outside the box. Like, just because Matt Eberflus got better as the season went on and his team got better, it's hard for me to, like, forget the 0-4 start and just how ugly it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were calling – and when I say we, I mean collective we. Like, everyone was calling for his head after the 0-4 start. And with good reason. The results were not there. This is year two, not year one. We're no longer in we're tanking phase. There was supposed to be growth. It was not there. Now, after Alan Williams <laughs> resigned, um, we saw Ibrahim take over the defense, call plays, and somehow the locker room never quit on him. That I'm not saying that's not worth anything, but it is a bottom line results thing. And if the Bears had just held on to one of those double digit leads in the fourth quarter, we're having a very different conversation right. today, perhaps. Although they did lose the game to Packers, so maybe that negates that. Uh, I just think there's a lot of available coaches right now who are very good and have very proven track records, and he's aligning himself now with Matt Eberflus, and that that could cost him his job going forward. It's it's could, and it's it's a show of loyalty that I didn't necessarily agree I, with. I, well, expect I understood it. I don't know if I agreed with it. I was a big Harbaugh guy. That's that not a surprise to anybody who listens regularly. I thought if you're going to sound as ambitious as Kevin Warren has consistently sounded and was again on Wednesday, then sticking with your head coach who's 10 and 24 in two seasons isn't consistent with that. But if you are willing to concede certain things, then you're conceding certain things and you're going to probably find ways to love Matt Eberflus if you're the Bears. And Ryan Pohl is being loyal to him. They see him every day. And the one thing I want to be consistent about is that if we say all the time, well, we trust Ryan Poles because he's earned the benefit of the doubt by some of the trades he's made, and boy, I like his judgment, this is part of that. The, his, his pick of head coach has got to be part of your uh, trust in him that he's doing the right thing right now, even though I, I would have gone out and tried to hire Jim Harbaugh or I might have talked to Mike Vrabel. I would have probably thought bigger 
but that they didn't. So yeah, we have to and, and so that, that's it. the concern. They didn't think bigger, and now we know where they are as an organization, even with this newer GM, uh, even with a new uh, president of the football team and Kevin Warren. We know we know what it is now, and so I think expectations are being lowered, and I think the the expectations in Chicago are very low to begin with. Let me just say that compared to other cities that I've lived in, compared to what we see and what we expect out of front offices, head coaches, the expectations are at the lowest tier because it's like, okay, well, you didn't finish with the worst record and you got better and you battled through adversity. Well, who caused the adversity in the first place? That's great. That's my, that's that's my right. point. Yeah. Well, I and think, I, I think we're, we're too easy to kind of skate over that and be like, well, let's look at this glass half full as opposed to why can't I have a full glass? Well, I think that's a good way to look at it. And I do wonder if that also applies to the way the quarterback position is viewed. I just have to go – look, it, it surprises me, and it shouldn't. But when you look at what Justin Fields has done over the, his three-year body of work, and I know there are extenuating circumstances, and you look at what's possible in drafting a quarterback that, you know, talent evaluators who do this for a living think is special – I don't think there's a debate. There's no debate. Caleb Williams is the more talented quarterback that can take you places that you haven't gone and where you want to go. And he can he the ceiling is higher with Caleb Williams. It just is. And that to me gets sort of lost in this conversation about what direction the Bears are going to go. People have fallen in love with a lot of things about Justin Fields, but he's there's limitations on his ability. And I think that can be overlooked because Bears fans haven't really seen or experienced a franchise quarterback. I don't think there's much of a debate. Now, all of this comes with an asterisk. If they find reasons to not draft Caleb Williams that are related to character or off-the-field stuff, I get it. But if you're comparing the tape, if you're looking at the quarterbacks, come on. There's no debate. Do you think that Caleb Williams is the only guy that fits the bill of a franchise quarterback in this draft class? I guess that's the, the, the question we need to start with. No, I don't know that to be true. No, I think that you could make the case for Drake May. I think you could make the case for Michael Penix Jr. You can make the case for Jaden Daniels and maybe even J.J. McCarthy. Uh, but I don't know that they're going to be ready to win next year. And I don't think that all four of those guys, based on what we read about and research and see, they're at the level that Caleb Williams is at. People have been waiting for Caleb Williams to enter the NFL for years. Here, here's, here's what I'm going to say. It goes back to expectations, specifically baseline expectations of your quarterback. As you mentioned, when you start comparing, well, what does a franchise quarterback look like for the Chicago Bears? That's different than a lot of franchises. It's not what the Packers have expected for the last couple of decades plus. Right. And now seemingly looks like they're going to continue that with Jordan Love if what we saw this season is any indication. But that can't be your standard. Your standard can't be, well, we've never had a good quarterback. Uh, and that's why it's okay that we have one that has a lot of warts. You still have to go out and get the best guy for the job and put yourself in a position to have a franchise altering quarterback. You can't be afraid and be like, well, what if Justin Fields gets on another team and has a Geno Smith-like recurrence or better? 
You can't live like that because if you do, you will fail. Yeah, I I I know it's and, and but but I think a lot of people live like that. Yeah. They're like they look. If you're a Justin Fields fan, I get it. The dynamic plays and the flashes of brilliance have been well documented, but that's what they have been. They have been flashes. There is a consistency that is lacking in what he's been able to do on the field. Getting a lot of pushback on the text line. It always happens. That's fine. Someone's saying I'm being bamboozled. Somebody's I don't care about the text. Overstating. I know. I'm just saying the public opinion in Chicago. When you mention Caleb Williams, a lot of people are reacting in a way that is somewhat predictable. But it's not just a provincial uh, viewpoint. It's not just one guy or a group of guys. Look, people who are respected NFL analysts. Yeah, they could be wrong, and he could be a bust. But guys like Boomer Sison who were on the station on Thursday, talked about what the Bears potentially could have if they draft Caleb Williams. Number one pick, I'm taking Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, he's a tr- transformative player, generational player. Uh, the things I see him doing on the field, very few players ever have I seen do what he does. And he's just a special player. Now, I don't know the man personally. I don't know what kind of guy he's like. Uh, I know he likes to paint his fingernails and put different things on his hands and jumps into to the stands and hugs his mom and all that other stuff. I, I, I don't know that part of him, but what I see on the football field is a can't-miss football player that is going to take some franchise uh, into the next decade, much like I would say Joe Burrow has, like Patrick Mahomes has. I'm putting him in that, in that level of player. And, of course, Josh Allen has uh, for the Buffalo Bills. So, to me, it's really a no-brainer. It's a quarterback league, and I know that Justin Fields has gotten better over the years and maybe a little bit cheaper in the long run if they want to sign him to an extension. But if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm sorry. I'm in a Caleb Williams camp and have been for two years, by the way. This is not anything that, you know, I, I just figured out over the last three weeks or something. Uh, I've been talking about Caleb since he went to uh, USC, pretty much watched every single one of his games. It's too bad that his coach didn't believe in defense at USC, Lincoln Riley. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you, he is a very, very special player. And I would be very surprised if the Chicago Bears passed up on him. I would, too. I, I would, too. And I, I get all of the criticism and people questioning that. And, yeah, Bryce Young was a, looks like a, he was overdrafted and all of the other examples. I, but I look at – it depends on how you look at the world, right? I, I just think it does. Glass half empty, glass half full. You look at Buffalo. You look, uh, okay, let's, let's stick with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, C.J. Stroud in Houston. Those franchises were going nowhere. And then they got – I don't want to say they got lucky. Then they had the first dra- overall draft pick, or they drafted the quarterback high in the draft. The Texans drafted Stroud second. Changed everything. Changed everything. And those situations were more dire and worse than what the Bears have right now. Wait, the, I, the Bears I, have a top-five defense – they have an offensive line infrastructure. They've got a Pro Bowl wide receiver, and they've got a brand-new offensive coordinator on the way. They're better than the Texans were without Stroud. They're better than the Bengals were before Burrow arrived. They're ready I gotta, to go. I got I to get pushback on that comment you just made about their, them being better. The defense part, I'm with you on. You can't tell me the Bears have better offensive weapons than either of those teams. In terms of what Burrow had when he started his first year and with what C.J. Stroud can, had this past year. Can you name five Texans wide receivers? Can you name two Texans wide receivers? Most people cannot. 
Most people. That's because they're the Texans. They play. They're they're, they're a second tier in terms of. But but CJ Stroud. They're not the Cowboys. They're not the Eagles. They're not the Dolphins. They're not the Chiefs. People. CJ Stroud made everybody around him better, and all those receivers better. He lifted and elevated everybody's level of play because that's what franchise quarterbacks do. Trevor Lawrence. People are pushing back. Trevor Lawrence. You know what? Trevor Lawrence. He did get to the playoffs in his. What second year as a starter? I he's not he's not a bust. He's on he's he maybe had some struggles this year. I, I just don't understand why there's so much arguing. I think Bears. There, there's, I'll is, tell you why this is arguing. so ridiculous of a conversation. <laughs> People want to yell at each other because we're not propping Justin Fields up and saying he can win a Super Bowl for the Bears. Because you know what? He it's not it's it's not intelligent conversation. Well, here, here's a couple of things. We're arguing because the Bears are bad. That's why we're arguing. The Bears are bad football they're team. They're in a good situation, Marshall. Okay, they're in a good situation. They were a yes. bad football team that are, it's in a very good offseason, and everybody wants to scream at each other because they don't want Caleb Williams because he cried to his mom and he paints his nails. I mean, it's ridiculous, so wait, the, the, the tenor That the specific comment by Boomer Esiason, like, what does that even mean? I didn't understand when he – like, What does he, it mean? You, you live in Chicago. People are objecting to Caleb Williams because of off-the-field stuff that concerns them. He's not going to play in Chicago. I read that on Twitter. Come on, uh, listen. Come on. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't know anything about that because you know, like you said, the, the internet is a very dark place. Like it's <laughs> it's gonna be it's it's the bad things are gonna be said and amplified on Twitter. That's that's why I don't really pay attention to the artist formerly known as Twitter. Uh, was it X now V Y Y whatever it's called? But I will say this: I understand the people who are with Justin Fields. I understand the people who are with Caleb Williams. I understand the people who are like. Just build an offensive line. Get some weapons. But here's my, my thing is the Bears as an organization has not been good for a long time. So if a quarterback is drafted and it doesn't work out, are we sure it's on the quarterback or is it the infrastructure, as you so aptly put it earlier? I, I, I and, and you gave Ryan Poles, you're like, if we trust in Ryan, I don't trust Ryan Poles. You he, don't? He, you don't? No, okay. the jury is still out on Ryan Poles. Okay. Is I, that I there's been nothing that happened so far that says Ryan Poles is building a winner and I trust in him. Could it happen? Absolutely. He made one of the best trades in Chicago sports history. I think that you could put that even before they have won anything, when you look at what he got for that first overall draft pick, which basically ended up getting a executive fired. I think that's a pretty good trade, and he's made some pretty good decisions. Okay, that is trending well. Okay, that that's an okie doke he got over on the Panthers. If the Panthers draft C.J. Stroud, we might be having a completely different conversation. But that's you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I okay. I, I can't look at that one move and be like Ryan Poles, you know, in Ryan Poles we trust. Okay, uh, fine, fine. If you don't trust him, I would I would. I'm, but I'm, I'm I'm willing to wait it out and see what happens. What What would make you not trust him? going into this draft and having the number one overall pick? Keeping it or trading it? Which would would create more doubt in your mind about his judgment? I think I'm 50-50 on that because I haven't done enough requisite research into the quarterback prospects. We got a long ways between now and the draft, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And a long ways between even when we look at timeline last year of when he traded that number uh, one pick. Okay. So, I, 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 like, I like it was a year ago, I had to be talked out of – wanting to draft Jalen Carter. That was easy after he was involved in a, in, in a tragic incident and after he showed up at the combine the way he did. That was easy to be talked out for me of Jalen Carter. 
he had reasons why he dropped. Right now, I'm in the same spot with Caleb Williams. You're going to have to really talk me out of it. I'm going to have to really see some hard evidence that makes me cautious to draft a guy that conventional wisdom and the consensus of talent evaluators says is special. You need special in Chicago. If you don't draft Caleb Williams, there better be a very good reason. Yeah, I I completely understand your stance. I'm not against your stance. I'm just very open to the idea that Caleb Williams is not the guy. I'm very open to that idea. I am open. If you, Show me the evidence, though. Show me why you're not drafting him. It, it, it's a non-football reason. It's got to be a non-football reason. There, there aren't. I, hey, listen, take a deep breath. Listen, I think it depends on. It's frustrating because. I, no, the, I understand the, why the, it's frustrating. conversations become and, and the, the reactions from the public, which you don't. I know it's a, it's a small sample size of, of that, but it, it's it's like. Do you understand what the Bears are on the verge of if they do this right? It, yes. If they I, I do think we all right. do, and I think that's why people have such high opinions of their own opinions is because you you align yourself with a thought process and you see that this is a maybe a once-in-a-generation opportunity to have the number one overall pick, to have what you already have, to have the cap space you have. You can really go forward here and build. I hope Matt Eberflus is the right guy for the job. I don't know that he is because he's a defensive guy who's also calling his own plays. And sounds like that's going to continue next year. If you, you listen to the press conference and what he, he said, I would welcome the opportunity. So an offensive coordinator, you worry like if there is success, is he leaving for a head coaching job? Yo, I just want to get to the point where the offensive coordinator for the bears is highly sought after by another team, because that means you're doing very well yeah, as a team. That, yeah. I don't worry about the offensive coordinator that you hired leaving for a head coaching job. That would mean you're doing it right. Yes. Yeah, you want that would be a great problem to have. And 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 I'm not saying Justin Fields can't get it done. I just the processing thing is an issue for me. I think that with due respect to to everyone who you know is clinging to this idea that Justin Fields is the guy, I think that is a lot of there's a lot of inherent cynicism. Absolutely. The, the team Bears. is not good. That's they, why. They've earned that. They've earned the it's cynicism. Appropriate. But I just think that when you look at what their opportunities are this offseason it's encouraging and if you take a step back it's very promising and you don't have to like so don't screw it up i think that i think that's i think that's the bears fans just like generic take don't screw this up bears don't bears this up bears and and if you i think everyone understands that sentiment and you have to kind of give everyone grace because they've been through a lot <laughs> watching oh, the Bears. Give grace. It was just I just you know, disagree. Is everyone's going to pick a lane? Yeah, pick and, a lane. I, we, I see where you're lane. That's you have, fine. You have planted your flag. I've been there for a while, so I'm I'm very comfortable there, and I will be for the next several months, barring any sort of revelations that we don't expect. We'll find out where Dan Pompey has declared which lane is he in when it comes to the quarterback conversation with the Bears. Marshall Harris in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. NFL Hall of Fame writer-reporter Dan Pompey with Mully and Hawk on 670 The Score.
Welcome back. It's Molly and Haas, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score, Marshall Harris in for Molly today. And it's time now to go to talk to Dan Pompey from The Athletic. And like all of our guests, Dan joins us on the score hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm great, David. Good to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. Let's start with the Bears' postseason press conference, which I think is a tradition unlike any other in Chicago. <laughs> uh, what did you think, and and where uh, where do you stand on on the Matt Eberflus decision specifically? Well, I think not too surprising, right? It's probably what we expected given the way the Bears finished the season. Uh, I would say, you know, I, I have some feelings of ambivalence about the whole thing. I think, you know, uh, you have to like the fact that Iberflus did a really good job in the second half of the season especially, did what he had to do. The team finished strong. They played hard. They improved. Um, and, and obviously he, you know, worked a little magic with that defense, I think. I know the addition of Montez Sweat was a big deal, but you have to credit Iberflus for bringing the best out of those players and really bringing the best out of Sweat, too, because he played better than he's ever played in his life, I think. So, you know, those things probably led the Bears to decide that they were going to bring him back. Um, on the other side, you know, I really don't like the game, regardless of who's involved, of you know, blaming the offensive coordinator every other year. And, you know, the Bears have been looking for that uh, unicorn offensive coordinator for about 103 years, and they haven't found him yet. Good luck finding him this time. Um, you know, it, it's a hard thing to do. And, and, you know, the offensive coordinator who was there was put in place by the people who survived. So, you know, really it goes back on them. They made the mistake of hiring him and, you know, even a week-to-week basis of, of of what he was doing. If they didn't like it, you know, isn't there an overseer? Or, you know, isn't that what a head coach does? Aren't you saying, well, why are you doing this in the red zone or your, your short yardage package isn't what it should be? So, you know, I have a little bit of an issue with, with how when that goes down the way it does. Um, and I think it's going to be difficult, like I said, to find someone uh, who, who really is everything you think he can be. And, you know, are we really going to be advanced uh, two years from now? And, and um, you know, can the Bears uh, really, is their, is their position more attractive than all these other positions when they're probably not extending Eberflus? So you're probably going to be offering this new offensive coordinator a two-year contract. Um, and, if, and if he's someone who's really in demand, is he going to come to the Bears, maybe not even knowing who his quarterback's going to be yet, or is he going to go someplace like, let's say, Detroit and replace Ben Johnson on a team that appears to be on the verge, or someplace like that's starting all over. Let's say you go with Dan Quinn to the Chargers or something like that, and you, you go coach Justin Herbert. You know, there's going to be a lot of competition for the best, and I don't know if the Bears are going to get them. That is uh, highly concerning, Dan, uh, but I understand exactly what you mean uh, by all the points that you laid out. My question is uh, the, the urgency thing that Eberflus talked about at his press conference certainly comes into play 
How quickly do you think they can get this done before, you know, other teams start hiring head coaches and trying to fill out their staff? Well, I, I think, you know, if you, if you want the guy who's in the most demand or, or the guys who are in the most demand, um, you're going to have to be on their timetable a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, it, it might be a bit of an advantage to be able to hire quickly, whereas some teams don't have head coaches in place yet and might still be playing, whatever. But uh, I, I think still it's, uh, you know, if you're, let's, let's say, you know, the bell of the ball this year is whomever, Shane Waldron or, you know, whoever want to call him, um, is, is that guy going to jump at the Bears' opportunity when he knows he might have, you know, maybe three opportunities if he, if he kind of holds a little bit and treads water? That's, that's the issue. So, Dan, when you look at the quarterback conundrum, as I've called it, how complicated is the decision in your mind, and what do you expect the Bears to do? You know, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it comes down to this, David. You evaluate Justin Fields, and you've been evaluating him for three years, and if you don't know what he is by now, then you don't know. You're never going to know. Um, you compare him to the top six quarterbacks. There are six of them in this draft who could be chosen in the top six picks. And you say, which one do you think has the most potential to deliver your team to multiple Super Bowls? And, you know, the, the chances of it being Justin Fields, I don't think are very good. So now you say, you got to go get that guy. This is a rare opportunity. Um, you're, you're never in this position where, uh, assuming these guys are the types of quarterbacks that we've been led to believe they are up to this point. You know, they're, they're rated on a level that no quarterback in last year's draft was rated. Of course, everyone missed the boat on one of those guys, but that's besides the point, um, including the Bears, which was just a tragic mistake in my estimation. But... Um, you know, I, I think if, if you think one of these guys can be anywhere near, you know, what C.J. Stroud was last year, it, it's really not that hard a decision. Go get him, period. Breaking news here on the score is brought to you by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We're visiting with Dan Pompey from The Athletic. And, Dan, the breaking news is the Patriots have hired Jared Mayo to replace Bill Belichick. The legend following the legend will be Mayo. So more Mayo, please. And what do you think about that move in New England? Well, it's interesting. Obviously, it was something that was in the works for a long time. Um, you know, the, the whole philosophy kind of surprised me a little bit because usually when you see a head coach change, the team wants to kind of move away from what that head coach was. You usually see the pendulum swing in the other direction, right? If it's a defensive guy, oftentimes they hire an offensive guy. If it's a guy with, you know, a certain philosophy, they change the philosophy. So the Patriots are going for continuity because Mayo is, you know, basically Belichick light or Belichick young or whatever you call him. So um, I, I think that the, thing we have to keep in mind, though, is that Krafts know Mayo better than they know any other candidate, could know any other candidate as a coach. So 
<clears throat> that's why that's why he makes sense to stay there. You know, the fact that they're passing up Mike Vrabel is interesting to me. Uh, I think you know that could be something that you look back on and say, well, they're going to regret that one because because Vrabel, unlike Mayo, is an established head coach with a track record of success. I think it's it's interesting that we're seeing the the, the head coaching jobs that you know they'll slowly be filled. We'll we'll hear about the candidates. Um, you mentioned, you know, Shane Waldron is one of the guys for the offensive coordinator for the for the Bears. My my question is the the process that we saw with the the trading of the pick last year, uh, when they got <clears throat> Carolina's uh, gave the pick to Carolina and got DJ Moore as well. What do you think their focus is going to be? draft versus free agency outside of quarterback to try to get this team better? Well, I think you have to look at what's available, uh, first of all. And, you know, they're in, a, they're in a good position from that standpoint because I think they don't really have to be a slave to a lot of different needs. Um, you know, they can, they can be improved in many areas. Um, you know, obviously they're going to need to do something at the wide receiver position. Um, even if they bring Darnell Mooney back, I think they would want to add somebody. Um, you know, they, they need more fortification on the offensive line. They need better defensive linemen uh, to complement Sweat. Um, you know, you, you've got the issue at in, in the defensive backfield uh, with Jalen Johnson being up, and then you've got obviously. Eddie Jackson's situation, so you've got two potential, you know, uh, openings there, I guess. Um, so all those things are something they need to keep an eye on. But, you know, let's say they're in the draft and, you know, they, they get their quarterback with the first pick. Now what? Well, they really can kind of open themselves to saying, who's the best available player? Is it is it an offensive tackle? Is it a whatever. I mean, they, they could pick, you know, a running back, uh, you know, they, they can go almost any direction at that point and not say, well, that's a bad pick. And, and that, that's a great place to be as a team that's, that's drafting and really even in free agency. You know, if you can do that, that's how you end up with a really good roster, I think. So, Dan, in New England, obviously, they're now the breaking news hiring Gerard Mayo to replace Bill Belichick. But Bill Belichick appeared at a news conference on Thursday with Robert Kraft, and they were amicable. They were pleasant. They were respectful. And Robert Kraft even said it's going to be hard to see Bill Belichick coaching against the Patriots, which assumes he's going to get another job. Where do you think he will get another job? Yeah, really hard to say at this point, David. Um you know, I don't even know that all the openings are really established yet. I think there could be more. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be surprised if there are not more job openings that, that happen. So, um, you know, I, I know some people have speculated if the Cowboys lose, maybe Jerry Jones makes a play for, uh, for, for Belichick after firing Mike McCarthy, which would be really interesting. Um, but I think... Uh, you know, I, I, I frankly don't see him as a really good fit for some of these jobs that are open now. You know, the Chargers really have never gone for a coach like him. Um, you know, the commanders have put out some smoke signals that they're, they're not interested. That would probably make the most sense. 
Um, I don't know that he would go to a team like the Falcons uh, or, or that they would even want him. I don't think the Seahawks uh, would, would be a fit for him. Um, it's, uh, you know, Panthers, you know, is he going to put up with that owner? I don't think so. Uh, Raiders, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe. Um, there, you know, there's going to be a place for him. I, I don't think it would be Tennessee either. Uh, but, I mean, I, I'll be shocked if he's not a head coach in the National Football League next year. Great stuff, Dan. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Okay, thank you, guys. Dan Pompey from The Athletic with his football thoughts on the Bears and the NFL. When we come back, it's our guy, Joe Fortenbaugh. He'll let you know how to invest this weekend <laughs> on the super-duper NFL wildcard weekend. It's Mullen Hall, Marshall Harris, in for Mullen, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Mullen Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. Marshall Harris in for Mully today. Time now to talk to our guy, Joe Fortenball. And like all of our guests, Joe joins us on the score hotline, powered by IBEW, Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Joe, of course, ESPN Bet Live. He joins us. He escaped the snow. He's back in Vegas. Why are you in Vegas again, Joe? I thought you moved. First off, boys, hell of a morning. Hell of a morning. I got in late on the plane. I only got three hours of sleep. I go to take a shower. I'm at the M Resort on the south end of the Strip down in Henderson. I've never had water pressure like this in my life. It's like standing underneath Niagara Falls. I'm a new man. I've had no coffee. I'm on no sleep. I couldn't be more wired right now. Incredible water pressure down here. Um, to answer your question, you guys. Joe, Joe, for so a second, fast. you are really – you are really fired up. Can you co- hang up, call us back, only because we are really getting a little bit of static there. And Joe, with no sleep, full caffeine, he's ready for the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend and all of the upsets ready to, be, to happen. I'm so curious as to what he has to say about some of these games because I, I don't know what to make of I, I I do not partake in the gambling, but if I did, this has got to be a better's dream the next three days. Well, Steelers getting 10. The, the, the 10 the is crazy, Texans, right? Browns, the 10 is crazy. The 10 is a crazy number for the playoffs. I think the 10 is a double-digit situation that I just didn't expect to see. Let's go back to Vegas. Joe is reconnected, and we hope that this is a better situation. Good morning back, Joe. Yeah, apparently that water pressure situation I was excited about, <laughs> too excited about that situation, uh, destroying cell phone lines. But – Yeah, I came out here real quick. It turns out, I mean, you guys have partnered up with Circa Sports out here in Vegas. They run the Circa Million. You make five NFL picks against the spread every week. Top 100 out of about 5,300 get paid. Two of the guys I work with, uh, our entry ended up in the top 100. We tied for 77th. I said, you know what? Let's get on a plane. Let's get out there. Let's, Let's enjoy the big check ceremony. So I'm going to the big check ceremony tonight, doing some work while I'm here, and then we're going to turn around and fly home. Great to be back in Vegas. It's only been two months, but it's great to be back. Derek Stevens will take care of you. Those guys know how to have a party and to stage an event. So I hope that you have a great time at Circus Sports because there's uh, it's a place like any, unlike any other, Joe. All right, so let's get started because you are a busy man and you are wired for sound. So this <laughs> NFL 
wild card weekend is a crazy one. Five games over the next two days and then six with the Monday night game. Where do you want to start? Because there's a lot of underdogs that are very, very tempting. So I'm going to go chronological. You guys feel free to jump in if you've got any follow-ups. Um, in addition, I got some boxing for you tomorrow night as well. So we're going to just start with the Houston game. And I'll let you know the degree to which I like these games. Uh, Houston's one of the ones I like a little bit more. Plus two, plus two and a half if you can grab it. Go back three weeks ago, Cincinnati, excuse me, Cleveland was in Houston three weeks ago. They were laying three points. There was no C.J. Stroud. It was Davis Mills at quarterback. So now, three weeks later, it's the same scenario. You're back in Houston, and you're laying two. That's all C.J. Stroud is worth to the point spread. I don't buy it. Cleveland's defense is banged up, and they're not as good on the road as they are at home. Give me the Texans. Miami, Kansas City, on Peacock. Good luck to everyone trying to figure this out. No one over the age of 40 is going to be able to watch this game. I can't wait for the inevitable phone call from my dad trying to ask me how I figure out where to, where to turn this game on. Um, I'm going to look to the under here, 44 points. Good play, not one of my top plays. Weather's supposed to be sub-zero. Miami's offense against good teams this year has been missing in action. Um, it, it, they're dinged up all over the place. On the road, Kansas City's offense is down this year, and they're rested from last week. I don't see this being a high-scoring game. Market's moving south. I'm going under 44. Pittsburgh-Buffalo, this is the smallest wager of the week, under 35 points in that matchup. Similar scenario, Buffalo's offense hasn't been the same since the week 13 bye. Josh Allen completing fewer than 60% of his passes. They're running the ball more. They're winning, but they're not as explosive. I don't think Mason Rudolph and the Steeler offense is going to do a whole lot in this game. Rudolph's been beating up on some really bad defenses. I think the bottom falls out on them, but I'm not willing to lay 10 with Buffalo given how I've seen Allen play with the turnovers. Dallas and Green Bay. Some sharp money hit Green Bay a couple days ago. It went from seven and a half down to seven. So if you're Dallas, if you like Dallas and you're waiting, now would be the time to get them. If you like Green Bay, you need it to seven and a half. I'm playing the Cowboys in the first half here. It's minus four. I think they jump all over Green Bay. Dallas is number one in the NFL in first half scoring, number one in first half scoring at home, 22 points per half. Green Bay ranks 21st in the NFL in first half scoring, and I think it's a young, inexperienced team on the road in the playoffs. I think they're going to be a bit overwhelmed in this game early. Dallas, for all the narrative about their shortcomings in the playoffs, remember, they did go to Tampa Bay and blow out the Buccaneers in the wild card round. The problem for McCarthy is when he gets up against good teams, he can't outcoach the guys on the other sideline. Green Bay's had a nice season, but they're not one of the better teams in the NFL. Dallas in the first half, minus four. I'll take the Rams plus three over the Lions. That was three and a half. It's down. Sharp money on the Rams. Um, I don't know, man. Dan Campbell, a little too aggressive. The guy's a hammer, and everything he sees is a nail. Like, there's room for nuance here, Campbell. <laughs> everything this guy's doing, it's, like, way too aggressive. Like, they had the huge shootout with Minnesota three weeks ago. Two weeks ago, they come down to the wire with that crazy play calling on the goal line against Dallas. Last week, he plays his starters against Minnesota again. Laporta gets hurt. Meanwhile, the Rams rested their guys. I wonder how much is left in the tank, and I don't trust the Lion defense. So I'm going to play the Rams, get a little on the money line there. And then finally, Monday night, my beloved Philadelphia Eagles, you can go ahead and bet Tampa Bay in that one. I'll take the Bucks <laughs> plus the three. I'll take the Bucks on the money line, and I like the under there as well. I got no reason to believe Philadelphia is going to flip this switch everyone keeps talking about. Uh, they haven't covered a spread in eight weeks. They're one in five straight up over their last six. The defense stinks since they transitioned to Patricia. 
The offense, Jalen Hurts said he hadn't thrown a ball all week. He's hurt. A.J. Brown's hurt. And yet numbers all the way up to three. I think this is more an indictment on Tampa. People don't really trust them. I don't, at least they're going to show up and try to play. You can't say that about Philly. So to recap, Houston plus two and a half. Miami, Kansas City under 44. Pittsburgh, Buffalo under 35. Dallas in the first half over Green Bay, minus four. Rams plus three, a little money line there. Tampa plus three, a little money line there, under 44. Just just because you said your beloved Eagles, I have to just throw this out there. Nick Sirianni's no, getting fired. No, no you, actually, you actually don't. You don't need to throw it out there. Nick, Nick Sirianni's getting fired, though, right? So this is crazy. I mean, like, Adam Schefter has said it'd be nuts to fire a guy who's gone to the playoffs three years in a row, was in the Super Bowl last year, won 11 games this year. But that 11 – look, an 11-win season can look very different. It can look very different. It, it, not all 11-win seasons are created equal. And given the fact that Harbaugh, Belichick, Vrabel, Pete Carroll are all out there and, and the Eagles could be completely flaming out, if they lose this game, it will not shock me if they make a change at the head coaching position. Remember, just a few years ago, the Doug Peterson transition was shocking to everyone in Philadelphia. Joe, 30 seconds. What's the boxing tip? Archer Betterbiev and Caleb Smith are fighting in Montreal Saturday night. Play the under on that. It ranges from eight and a half up to ten and a half. These two are sluggers. They are going to stand toe to toe and they are going to fire at each other. I saw ten and a half under minus one eighty. I got no problems laying that. You are the best, Joe. Enjoy Vegas and the water pressure out there. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I might go take a second shower right now. Go Bears. Have a great weekend out at Circa Resort and Casino. In Las Vegas, Joe Fortbaugh giving you all the advice of how to bet Wild Card Weekend. Oh, I'm sorry, Super Wild Card Weekend. And we've got a super guy in studio next. We're going to shift gears. We're going to talk Cubs, the Cubs convention, right downtown at the Sheraton this weekend. Weather, hey, it's baseball season <laughs> in your heart. We're already downtown. Yes, we're already downtown. So Ron Coomer will join us next. It's Mullion Hall, Marshall Harris in for Mully. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The School. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.